Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody from the Big Easy right now, uh, and it was not an easy night for SMU losing to Tulane 59-24. The Mustangs didn't even show up, kind of felt like team might have stayed out on bourbon all night. They did not. They did not. They stayed out by the airport. But nevertheless, drops, poor tackling, um, kind of inconsistent play calling uh Tulane out schemed them and were, were in better position to make plays all night start to finish it was bad for SMU um they were in position to battle back and change the tide of the game they did not uh Rasheed Rice dropped a fourth down what probably would have been a touchdown he might have been tackled at like the 10 or something but still would have been a huge play in the game early on um and instead Tulane goes right down and scores. He had the muff punt that led to uh, seven points. Uh, Kickoff coverage was bad all night. Um, I mean, the list honestly goes on from from that one. And uh, I asked Rhett Lashley if he was embarrassed by the game. Um, And, well, actually, I didn't ask Rhett Lashley if he was embarrassed by the game. I was trying to ask if he felt his players were embarrassed by the game. But uh, he let me know that he was very much embarrassed by the game. And I think – all of the bad things that SMU has been doing this year that are concerning the, the poor tackling, uh, the kind of strange substitution patterns with, uh, for example, running back, you know, Kamar Wheaton starts the game. Look, Tyler Levine has been the most consistent player the last three weeks and SMU chose to roll with Kamar. He doesn't really get much going. He had two nice runs after SMU opened with a nice uh, throw and catch from uh, Tanner Mordecai to Dylan Goffney. Uh, and then he stuffed on third and, third and short and uh, SMU doesn't get it. I think that like leading off with Kamar is, is a great thought right now. Tyler Levine is the best you know, player offensively for SMU and, and totaled 144 total yards of offense, caught the ball. Well, did have a fumble, um, late in the game, but came after he, I think he got like some sort of stinger on his arm uh, and, and was, you know, went back in battled through. And I think he had a tough time hanging onto the ball. He didn't say anything. I didn't ask him about it last game uh, or after the game, but uh, that's kind of my hunch as to why he, that ball just came flying out on that fumble. But you let off with Kamar instead of going with Tyler, Tyler Levine, SMU was not good on third downs. Uh, looking it up right here, uh, they were one. They were not. They finished nine of twenty. Uh, and I'll try to pull up the first half as I'm talking about this. Uh, first half, they were one of eight on third down, and I felt like SMU on third downs slowed the tempo down way too much. They were kind of cooking on on uh, downs one and two. Uh, I thought they were getting good push on, on the offensive line. Quite honestly. The run run game was much better. And then they'd come and do a substitution, slow things down, go to the line, audible, and there wasn't a third down play that worked out, um, you know, save for one in the first half. And then nine of 20, they finished nine of 20. And, and that was a lot of kind of the offense picking things up a little bit in the second half. SMU finished uh, with 275 total yards in the second half um, and, and averaged 5.4 yards per play the first half. They finished with just 195 total yards. Not bad, um, of course, but 
Uh, they really didn't get much going. Points-wise, they had turnovers. Uh, Tanner Mordecai threw an interception. Uh, we talked about the muff pun already by Roger Daniels. Uh, and, and I just think that all the bad things that this team has done all happened at the same time against a good team that was ticked off, that they lost to UCF. They needed a win. They wanted a win more than SMU. I, My biggest gripe on both sides of the ball from this game, quite honestly, are the substitution patterns for SMU offensively. I, I felt like they really, really hurt them, um, you know, especially on third downs. When you're trying to convert, especially in the first half when the game's definitely still in the balance. I mean, even even though it was 21 nothing at one point, they could have turned the tide. They could have changed that game around. And even as the defense in the second quarter, able to hold Tulane to seven points, um, yeah, able to hold Tulane to seven points, that was the opportunity for the offense to strike. And they just couldn't end up getting things going well enough uh, to make plays. So, you know, I think you have that on the offensive side of the ball. There just wasn't enough Tyler Levine to go around. You factor in the drops. I mean, I, I felt like after um, – last week's game against USF that the receivers would bounce back. We'd see, you know, some guys make plays. I mean, we saw Jordan Curley in the second half with the game still in the, very much in the balance drop a first down reception. We saw uh, Tyler Levine fumble, uh, of course, uh, that resulted in a, a, a turnover on downs. He would have gotten the, the first down. You had uh, Rasheed Rice drop that fourth down uh, catch that would have really moved things. Uh, well into Tulane territory with the game. Uh, I think they were they were down 14 nothing at at that point. Yes, they were down 14 nothing. That was a 14 point swing, um, quite honestly, because you know, even though two, SMU's defense got to stop the next drive, the muff punt put Tulane uh, in position and, and they went up 21 nothing and it was kind of off to the races from there. The drops were Brutal. Even uh, before the end of the first half, uh, Dylan Goffney drops a kind of a, I think it would, would be considered a sale route. I don't believe it was an out route based on where he was running it from, but um, you know, uh, that would have put Colin Rogers well into the red zone. Uh, I believe it would have been at the 15 yard line. Probably um, that maybe changes things, you know, going into the half could have been down 28 uh, to 10 big difference, you know, 18 points. It's just a, a different kind of mentality. And, Instead, they're down 21. Um, long field goal, I, th I thought time management was a little bit off on that drive. Not enough pace uh, and tempo. Again, the drops just killed them at, at the worst times. They had two drives that were killed by drops. Um, and then defensively, the tackling uh, and on special teams, the tackling was just awful, uh, especially in the safety group. Um, multiple times they had Michael Pratt. And actually, the first touchdown drive for Tulane, uh, they had Michael Pratt dead to rights. I believe it was Devere Levelston who had him in the backfield and he got out of it and then was able to run for a few yards. And at the end of the play, Jalen Samuels gets him with a face mask, drive extended touchdown seven, nothing Tulane. That was almost a sign on the, on the first, first drive that, okay, all right, we, we see what potentially might be coming here defensively for SMU. And I mean, Tajay Spears, I mean, what a beast, um, 13 carries, 121 yards. Uh, Shaw Clayton Johnson, eight carries, 75 yards. Michael Pratt added 10 carries, 70 yards. Uh, and Iverson Celestine, uh, seven carries, 39 yards. Tulane ran the ball 
as Rhett Lashley put in, is true. Every which way and any way they wanted to. Um, and this run defense has been bad all year. And I, I mean, at this point, 11 games into the season, you, everybody should know what they are now. And look, I, I felt like they did enough against USF with Brian Butte, like, all right, they can kind of build off that. And they were in position to make some some tackles. There were some keeps by Michael Pratt that I thought were wide open and not well defended, guys crashing down, guys out of position. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being in position to make the tackle. One guy bounces off, two guy bounces off. Elijah Chapman, uh, you know, friendly fire on, on Terrence Newman, ends his SMU career all along the sideline because two, at least two, there might have been three, guys couldn't get – uh, the ball carrier down behind the line of scrimmage and they were running into the boundary. There wasn't like room to go anywhere. So it just, it is brutal. And I wrote about this in the two one four at on the pony express.com. Check it out. If you'd like to subscribe, they need an influx of, of toughness. They need an influx of talent. Uh, still that, that, that is, that has to happen, but SMU's issues without a doubt, lie with toughness and toughness can be developed to an extent you have to have a very instinctual part of you that allows you to be tough and play with physicality and do all of those things nick roberts has it i do believe brandon grosley has it he had a couple you know nice hits and i i think he's kind of tackled fairly well uh this season and elijah chapman has it uh i think jalen samuels has it he just is still learning Isaiah Smith, there are a couple guys, uh, Devere Levelston. I mean, there, there are guys on this defense that have it. it. It is just not there. And then you couple that with, and Scott Simons alluded to this a couple weeks ago, that they did not handle tackling like they should have uh, in both the spring and in fall camp, whether it be uh, managing injuries when the safety room was completely banged up uh, to – the whole offense being in red for fall camp, pretty much. I mean, Bo Corrales, Jordan Curley, Rasheed Rice a little bit. I mean, there were, there were guys hurt left and right. Brett Lashley said after the game, we've got to fix tackling this offseason, and, and we will. We'll see if that happens, but they have to have a major overhaul with how they go about tackling and how they develop their tackling. I, They have to go out and scout staffs that do it well. They have to meet with people network about it it is just not good enough and it is what it is but there's nothing that's going to happen right now that's that's going to change it for this season but what they have to do is they have got to do a complete overhaul of it in the offseason spring practices um, and just go for it because this team right now is not tough they were in position early in the season to win some of these types of games maryland that one got away from you. TCU, slow start, sinks your ship. Turnovers, again, you know, we can go back through some of the losses um, and and they didn't capitalize on opportunities to win those games. Even UCF, first half, they didn't capitalize on all the opportunities they had to go up 24-0, 24-3, 24-6, whatever it would have been. This game, start to finish, pretty much had no feel for, for SMU that they could they could come back. Somebody could have made plays and it they could have gotten back into it, but there was never a feeling that, all right, they've they've chipped away, they're they're getting close. 
boom, they break through and score 14 unanswered. It never came. And to have that type of showing on national TV, ESPN, and not get up for it at all is completely inexcusable. Everyone at SMU should be embarrassed. My concern, and I think we're going to see a lot of players move on for whatever reason, some guys that aren't playing at all, some guys that have already left the team. You know, Chase Cromartie's gone. Um, We'll see what happens with some of the guys that we reported would likely move on. But to have them, and because of that change, maybe there's going to be a different mindset that comes in with some of those players. But what I saw was, for the most part, there are people that care. Tanner Mordecai cares. Tyler Levine cares. I think Rasheed Rice cares as well. I think Nick Roberts cares. Isaac Slade Matotia cares. He gathered up the whole defense and lit into him on the sideline. I just don't think he's just playing good football. So you you have all these things that have happened, and I felt like the sideline last night was lifeless. When, you know, when things happened – you know, there was a little bit of, oh, dang, here we go again. And that was it. There was no picking guys up. There was no, there's nothing. It just, we're down really low at Tulane. It's a bizarre press box. But you can really see, like, what is going on, who's talking to who, how it pans out. You know, Katie Hall got lit into by Rhett Lashley after the fight late in the game. Like, I don't know what was said. We didn't end up talking with him about it, but Rhett had mentioned you know, they want to handle situations like that better. Um, and I think he was talking about it. But I, there's, it just is, there's just nothing going on. You know, there's coach coaching up a little bit, but there's no, there wasn't much like player interaction with each other. Like, you know, you know it just was, it just was as cold. It was just, they were just trying to get out there. And I'm sorry that I'm struggling to explain that, but it was that bad and that apparent. And even in the press box, we were talking about it. And, you know, how, what do you write about that game? RJ Maryland was terrific. Tyler Levine was terrific. Other than that, not a lot of good things to write home about. Not that that needs to happen. It's just was that bad of a showing start to finish. And it's completely inexcusable for them to show up that way. You you are on ESPN, and I know Tulane's a good team, but that same Tulane team has been beaten seven times by SMU. I know it's different teams year to year, but SMU did not fall off as much as Tulane jumped back up to lose 59-24 and to not be competitive, quite honestly. And that's where it's going to – this is a very important offseason for Rhett Lashley. You've had some signs of success, especially against lesser teams. <clears throat> and you've played some really, really good teams very hard. And th- those things should have been building blocks. And then you have a performance like this. Next week's game against Memphis, huge. Got to have some sort of response. And, I mean, they could lose. And SMU can still bounce back and and – get better and improve. Like I, if they lose to Memphis, I would liken it to when SMU lost at Tulsa, Sonny Dykes first year and they missed out on bowl eligibility. SMU will be bowl el- is bowl eligible, but they've got to find a way to, to win on, on uh, 
next Saturday. And if they don't, it'll kind of have that feeling of the, the loss of Tulsa. How do they respond? Do they go out and overhaul some things and go in and, and get and hit on some portal uh, additions and really revamp things and pick it back up and create a new mindset and go win 10 games? Or do they completely fall off and we, we see this, you know, cracks in the ship uh, start to happen? This offseason, Rhett Lashley, and he's been on a whirlwind the last 10 months now. And so you save the roster, keep the guys around, do all those things. Perception-wise, it would have been brutal if they lost, you know, so many guys at TCU or whatever when he took over. He settles into a new job. He's got this going on, that going on. He's calling plays. This offseason, he absolutely has to take some time to really self-scout this team. And I know they will, but they have got to have really difficult conversations this offseason about how do they coach certain things? What do they? What are the expectations for the team? You know, Kamar Wheaton gets hurt, plays through his shoulder. I think it was left shoulder is kind of bothering it. And then plays through it and then ends up not going back in in the second half. What type of toughness and where are you at with some of those things? The mindset of this team has to change. And it's going to require some difficult conversation. It doesn't require being anything more than uh, somebody who sets very high expectations and and start them with yourself and at the top with your coaching staff. But you don't have to be <clears throat> you don't have to be yelling and screaming and, and going nuts about it. But you've got to find a very healthy, productive way to change the mindset of this team and say, "Look, guys, that was your one. We did some things that are, you know, that helped us." and helped us grow in the right directions. And we had some really bad learning experiences or potential good learning experiences for this thing to turn around <clears throat> and for this program to take off. They're bowl eligible in their first season. This is not completely doom or gloom and doom and gloom and all that. I think there is still a good chance for a bright future at SMU with Rhett Lash at the helm there are things that are going to have to happen for that next step to be taken, which Rhett Lashley was hired to fully lead and, and take SMU from a non-November finisher to finish in November, compete for championships, do that. And because of last night, they certainly didn't do that and they don't have anything to play for quite honestly on Saturday outside of sending out the seniors the right way. So gut check time. How do you respond against Memphis? That's going to be important. <clears throat> it's not going to tell the entire story of where this program goes. Thursday night was an inexcusable performance, and anyone that tells you otherwise is just out of their mind. You cannot show up like that. So a lot of self-reflection needs to happen between the players and the coaches and how they got to that point. There are a lot of basic things SMU could have done, and it looks a lot better. Drops, turnovers, just making a tackle here or there. But they didn't. And whatever reason there is for that, they've got to figure it out and, and make some changes to get the most out of these players because there is enough talent to certainly be competitive in a game like that. They weren't on Thursday night. That's an issue. Um, we'll see how they bounce back. I'm, I like SMU's chances to bounce back against Memphis. Just think senior day at home. I, I think this team is talented enough to beat Memphis. 
It'll be a difficult battle. They've got a lot of time to think about this, let this one settle and sink in. Tyler Levine spoke with us after the game, and you get a better feeling talking to a guy like that. So they've got some things to push probably from the player side, like, hey, we need to step up. And the coaches have a couple extra days to uh, see what's up. And also, uh, I believe they're going out recruiting and finding some Juco players as well, which they need. So with that, guys, just wanted to drop a quick, kind of quick reaction pod to the game. Let you guys know some of my thoughts. Um, a really, really difficult night in New Orleans. We will be back next week. Mustangs uh, obviously will be practicing uh, on Thanksgiving and all of that leading up to the game against Memphis. We'll be there to cover it the whole way and see if SMU can bounce back with a 7-5 and five regular season by beating the Memphis Tigers. But they suffer a really tough loss. Uh, to Tulane, 59-24, the green green wave win for the first time against SMU um, in seven uh, years. So kudos to them. Willie Fritz and his staff do a great job. I, I've got a chance to meet a lot of them and know them um, and, and a good bit of their roster, too, from, from covering recruiting. So they do a good job, 59-24. Unacceptable, though, for SMU. So with that, guys, going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. I know you guys didn't enjoy it, but I uh, hope you guys, uh, you know, give it a listen and uh, talk about it on the, on the Pony Express message board. So with that, have a great weekend, everyone headed out to the big easy this weekend to, uh, you know, enjoy all that is uh, to enjoy uh, about uh, New Orleans and uh, hope you guys have a good weekend and uh, we'll catch you next week with another edition of the on the Pony Express podcast. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.